Crank me up, baby. Welcome, Footlers, to episode 257 of Barrel Proof Soccer. Talking all things Louisville City and racing Louisville. Uh, I'm your host tonight, Ty Smith, and with me, as usual, on the ones and twos is Patrick Arkenberg. Thanks, Patrick. We also have the newly uh, trimmed beard uh, wearing Taylor Sorrels here as well. Yeah, got to trim it up before it gets hot. And, of course, my uh, bodacious brother-in-law, Robbie Barker. What's up, guys? T-Bird Smith is also here in the stroller, and if you're not uh, doing your calls and your work from home with babies and uh, half-dressed spouses in the background, then you're not doing it right. So That's, that's the truth. He's going to enjoy it. We are here for a very jam-packed, uh, great episode tonight. We have uh, Matt Owen uh, assisting us with an against the grain spot. That'll be fun. I miss those. I'm, I miss public the house. Uh, oh, yeah. public house. Yeah, same thing. Same um, people. I always enjoyed their tastings and Adam's uh, rye humor and uh, just the goings on of one of our great original beer, supporters. Beer genius, Adam Watson. Yep. Yep. Homo sapiens. Uh, he'll he'll say, and we also uh, of course have some news to talk about. But the big, big thing is obviously uh, our guest tonight, who is the USL sing, uh, regular season appearance leader. He's also fifth all-time regular season scoring. Um, he League also wide, right? leads playoff appearances yep. of all USL players and uh, a member of the triumvirate. I mean, what else can you say for, about the guy and is entering his 12th if I'm counting correctly, USL season, which Founding is just, member of the Black Players Alliance. Want to make sure we throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, was brought to our attention fairly recently that has not been a guest of the pod. Um, he's been on at various times when we've had player interviews, I think for the championship celebration, he came on for a bit. Uh, but we really haven't had a chance to directly talk to George. And so he's been on our short list of guests for a while now, and he is calling in from Texas, where the team is in the midst of preseason. So as soon as he gets here, we'll cut to him. Um, but in uh, as we wait, we can kind of go over some news, because it has been some time since we've spoke about the team um, with our Footler family. Um, obviously, we've had two preseason games now. Uh, one win against Cincinnati, 3-0 win. Sound like an absolute shellacking. Yeah. Um, Woo-hoo. Jo- Joshua Winder got to play. <laughs> the kit man got to play. The, right. tra- the trainer got to play. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Never Heard a lot so- of complaining from FCC about <laughs> yeah. how they weren't taking it very seriously and like, well, then why'd you schedule the damn game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they only had one week to practice. We had yeah. we had a month and a half. I'm like, oh, you guys could have started earlier. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing was holding you back, I don't think. Well, the labor thing. But other than that, you know. But uh, that was that was fun. You know, we, we don't know Abdu, much about the game. Everybody uh, came away. Yeah, we good. don't know much. I mean, Abdu got a goal. He got a penalty kick, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the second goal was Ombi. Brian Ombi. Sounded yeah. like a defensive mistake. Sounded like we got. Vi- I saw a video of that one. He just pounced on a ball that he had. You know, if he didn't bury it, he probably would have walked off the field and cried. But and, uh, he, he did. So that was. And good. it was, of course, our uh, one of one of our favorites from last season, Ben Loont, with uh, the played it out of the back, I believe, a yeah. little bit. Uh, uh, in a little bit See, it helps, it helps when you know a guy. Helps when you know a guy. Right. What he's going to do. Right. So Brian enjoyed that. I'm sure. <laughs> it just shows Ben's heart is still with us. Right. That's right. That's right. That's he, right. Just let let those three in because he felt bad. I'm sure that was what happened. And then our special guest getting on the scoreboard with the third goal. That's right. Um, so, uh, and then of course we went to Nashville. A little bit of, of an opposite result there. Yeah. That don't, don't know what happened there. That was. Uh, I don't think they published the score. Right? They did. We, it was four nothing. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, I thought that was a typo. Did not, did not go well. Like the the Twitter account, uh, I get notifications every time they tweet, and I remember like twenty minutes in, they're like, "Well, at least the weather's nice." So the funniest <laughs> the funniest thing was after the game. I don't know if you saw the. I don't know if it was Instagram or Twitter. It actually had the score flipped, and it said Louisville City four, Nashville zero, and that's the first I saw of it. Oh, and I was gosh. like. Woohoo! <laughs> I was like, here we go again. Yeah. And then there was a comment that I think you've got that switch. Switch. So anyway, preseason. We weren't yeah. trying, as you said. Sure, sure. Well, and they put this weird format on us, like three thirty minute, you know. And of course, everybody's playing, and there's no continuity. And 
to to some extent. And like these are not. I mean, yeah. Like, that, you know, I'll I'll pull out the Cincinnati uh, line and say these games don't matter. You're here to try and learn right. things about your team, and that is true. I just like to give Cincinnati as much shit as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, but uh, especially on Twitter, where the oh sure, everybody yeah, where gets, I, uh, I got into an argument about GB <laughs> Fall today on Reddit, which is something I didn't think I'd be doing in the year 2021. <laughs> but uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Also, I have nothing to do today, so that's why I was doing that. But anyway, uh, the <laughs> that you know. You're, you're trying to learn things about your team. You certainly, when you lose like that, you have all, you you know a lot of problems that you need to get fixed, and that's good. That's what you want. That's what preseason's for. So, no, no. Yeah, uh, better for it now, and yeah. um, and it's you know it's good to keep a at least a somewhat friendly slash tepid front office relations between our two closest uh, professional soccer rivals. Right. So happy to do that, and in, you know not including Indy. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the racing side, they've had two friendlies. We, I think we talked about the one against UofL. I want to say Emiliak has scored the goal in that one, and she scored again in the friendly against West Virginia, which Patrick and I got a chance to go see over at, uh, over at Thurman Hutchins Park a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. Uh, so, uh, racing is good. They're going to be good. They, they, look, they, they may not you know, finish top half of the table, but let me tell you something. That's the team we're going to be proud of. They hustle. They're all about team speed. They work well in transition. Yuki Nagasato is like just like watching. Uh, I don't know. It's like listening to a symphony just watching her play. She's so smooth on the ball, so smart, three steps ahead of everybody else when she when she gets when she, she gets looks the ball. like a World Cup champion, which she is, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, awesome result. Like I said, Ekic got two got a goal. Uh, CC Kaiser, I want to say, got one. I can't remember who they got the third, but I do want to I do want to say though. I, like I said, I was really impressed with what I saw from the racing sideline. I still don't know who our coaching staff is, which I think is a weird thing not to know going right. into the season. Uh, especially there were coaches on the sideline though that uh, yes. looked. I don't know who they are. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Malay is a freaking like a ball of energy. Uh, in the central midfield, love watching her play. Your fans are going to fall in love with watching her. Aaron Simon played really well. Emily Fox is, you know, just next level talent. It, I mean, it helps that you're playing West Virginia, but actually a really good team. I didn't realize they're number seven in the country right now, mm-hmm. uh, and played really well. They had a couple. Of, their goalkeeper was awesome. Had a couple of ridiculous saves, and you know, the scoreline could have been a whole lot worse if not for her. Uh, but like I said, I was really pleased with how all that went. And a lot of uh, uh, there's some big challenges coming up for them in Florida. We've got yeah. both teams State, now two games on a. Preseason road trip with Florida State being the number one team in the, on the in the women's college ranks, and um, I think playing them twice, and maybe another team down there, and um, of course with Louisville City and Texas for a slate of games yep. against Austin. Play and, Austin, I want to say uh, it's Friday, and, and Houston, then, uh, Houston, uh, I want to say Sunday or Monday or something like that. Next with week. some odd formats as well, I think we're playing Austin maybe two seventy-minute games mm-hmm. um, or something like that, and. Um, but uh, one cool thing, we won't like none of these games are broadcast. We're not going to know what happened, other right. than what we get fed uh, from the you know the two front offices and what they say. Uh, what we do know is that uh, a lot, or not Elijah, Joshua Winder and uh, Carlos Miguel, both of whom are academy players. Uh, let's see, Josh yep. is what fifteen, uh, Carlos is seventeen. Both high school kids are playing these games with the first team right. down in Texas. It's pretty and awesome. I experience. think we may have George. George, are you there? George, how how's you doing? Going, hey, how's doing it going? Well. Awesome. Thanks, going for well. joining, thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. We, uh, we, I was just talking about how excited we are to have you on the show. I don't think we've had you as a, as a guest. I know you've kind of been in and out on some various things that we've done um, broadcasts, but we're, we're really excited to, to talk with you. And I, um, you know, kind of uh, went through uh, your just prestigious background in the USL um, before before you called in, and it's just unbelievable your longevity and and contributions to the league and to Louisville City, of course. What what uh, what's going through your mind as you as you enter your what I think is your twelfth season in the USL? Eleven. Uh, Eleven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, don't give him too much credit. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, Man, just really grateful that I've been given the opportunity and uh, been fortunate with the health and uh, able to play the game I love for so many years. Um, although, you know, it's all been in the USL, it's it's been a, a great ride. Um, and even more so since my arrival in Louisville, uh, being able to be a part of, you know, the organization and seeing it grow. And then, you know, it's nothing better than winning championships and and scoring goals and contributing, you know, during that time. So uh, it's really just a feeling of, you know, 
joy and, and being grateful, but also, you know, excited for, for what's next, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the coaching staff has still allowed me to have a jersey and, you know, have an opportunity to play. So hopefully, um, you know, I can end on a high note and, uh, you know, follow this mm-hmm. this road that I'm on into to the next chapter. Yeah, we, we hope so too. We're hoping uh, another championship for you this year. Uh, quick question. You've got a really unique perspective then, having been in the league for that amount of time. How have you kind of seen the league change since you first came in? What are the kind of the things you've noticed and uh, the good, bad and the ugly? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I would say just, you know, from a, a sense of respect um, that, you know, and specifically Louisville, that we get when we go and, and play an opponent um, it's a lot different than it was when, when I first entered the league. Um, the USL Pro 2011 was, you know, kind of in a transition phase from, you know, second division, third division. The NASL at the time was a credible league. And, you know, the MLS was, you know, the, the almighty. Um, so, you know, as over the years, seeing it grow, a lot of the USL teams have, really really worked hard to make their environments more professional um you know to to have a reputation to grow players and you know make players feel like pros and and push them on to higher levels and and the fan bases have grown and you know when i came into the league orlando you know was doing that and pushing for the mls so they had that feeling you know of what a a real football club is supposed to be like so now to see so many different clubs um, with that same ambition and, and doing it even even better, um, it's really cool to see. And then even more than that, to see the amount of players that have come through the league to go on and get opportunities and, and if not move on, be able to sustain and, and maintain a career and be able to live playing the game. Um, so that's that's something that is really cool to see, and I'm very interested to see how it continues to grow. And George, talking about that, uh, you know, I am personally really excited to see how this next phase in your career plays out. You know, I've loved watching loved watching you play in purple since you've been here, and it's been about what five years now or so. Uh, mm-hmm. But really excited to see uh, your kind of transition in, from you know being a player into what I think is, you know, what I understand, what I'm guessing your aspirations are is to become a part of the front office, whether it's at Louisville City or, or another club. Uh, can you tell us about kind of your journey and, and where you're trying to get to? Like I said, I, I'm real excited to see where it goes. Yeah, you know, I, I get the question a lot. It's like, all right, what do you want to do when you're done playing? And, you know, it, it's hard to put a title on that, right? You know, I mean, you can say highest aspirations. You know, I want to own a club, or be a general manager, or something along those lines. But uh, being a player, it's sometimes you don't even know what those jobs entail. So the, the position I've been, you know, allowed to step into here is to be a part of the technical staff. And uh, specifically as a team administrator, I get to see, you know, what it takes day in and day out um, to run a team and to run a football club. So it's, um, you know, I've always been the type of person to, you know, learn the game and, and try to increase your knowledge and, you know, build on you know your assets as much as possible and then whatever opportunities you know come to you know and are presented to me that I'm in a position and I'm prepared to take them you know and and whatever may suit me best or whatever I may like to do um you know more than the next so you know I I like coaching um I like decision excuse me I like decision making um I like seeing you know things grow and the club grows so Right now, I'm just in a place of learning. You know, I get to go and train every day. I get to compete every day. And at the same time, I get to, you know, step inside the mind of, you know, the coaching staff and see, you know, a little bit more from the front office and build relationships there, you know, when it comes to organizing a preseason, for example, or communicating with the league on, you know, requirements and steps that need to be taken um, for the games to be played. So, uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot, a lot of moving pieces to the Busy game. And I think, and I think sometimes as players, you kind of, you don't see some of those things and you might take it for granted. Sometimes you just focus on your job. So it's really cool right now to be able to not only have the responsibility, um, but also to see all the moving pieces around us, you know, as players and, and 
and see where I fit in best, you know, because I, I still don't know. I just know that I love football and I want to stay in the game and uh, I want to be a part of something big and continue to do that. Well, and, and George, I'm I'm excited to hear all that. And I, I, I would be excited no matter what player it was that was kind of stepping into, you know, transitioning from a playing role in, into more of the, the business side of things. But I'm most excited, frankly, that it's you. Uh, one, because, you know, we, we know what, you know, what kind of experience you've had when you were part of the coaching staff and we didn't have a coach. Uh, <laughs> but also, you know, you're there's not a whole lot of black guys that are in the front offices of any USL club, any MLS club, any soccer club in general. Look, I mean, look around the world. It's Thierry Henry and a few other, and, and a few other people. Uh, so I'm excited personally that that's the opportunity that that you've got uh, just because of, you know, you've got a different perspective and, you know, uh, different background than a lot of other folks do. And I, I think that's wonderful. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your feelings on that and kind of how that relates to and, you know, I know you're also part of the Black Players Alliance, which I mentioned earlier, uh, and kind of how all that maybe hopefully dovetails in for you. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate uh, the, the, the kind words and um, to recognize that. And it's something, you know, even in the Black Players Alliance, it's been spoken on, you know, we the, the diversity and uh, the seat at the table is the term that's used a lot. You know, um, you know, when are, are black men or, or women or people of color going to get a, a seat at the table? And, um, you know, I've always been an advocate of not just because of that, but because of the most qualified, you know, and people who can actually contribute. Uh, you know, possibly see things from a different angle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's one aspect of it. And, and I'm glad to be um, in a position to um, allow, you know, people who look like me or, or other black players or, you know, young um, black men and women to, to know that, hey, there's a, a guy out there who can take on these roles and can aspire to, to be that. Um, and it, it's not just one demographic. So, um, you know, I always push for that, but um, I'm also, you know, like I said, I'm a person with, with high aspirations. So, and it's not as if I, I look at a situation and I say, I want to do it because of that. Um, but it's definitely a motivator for sure. That's great. George, what's your day like now? I mean, I'm, I, I envision you sort of one, one of those ESPN commercials where, you know, LeBron is in his full suit, uh, full uniform in the cubicles, you know, and kind of. <laughs> kind of razzing the uh the broadcast staff or i mean are you are you in the front office doing things and then uh then suiting up for training and uh, like what what's your day like now with your sort of hybrid role no um i mean when it comes to front office that the, the involvement i have with them is just more so on a communication based you know I, I spend you know i look at it it's more as on the technical staff so i'm day in day out i'm working directly with with coach Hackworth and, and coach okay. Cruz and, and, uh, our trainer Stewart and equipment manager, Ben, um, all of whom appears. So I, I spend game, my right? mornings, <laughs> yeah, I spend my mornings, you know, I come in early and, and, you know, get with the staff to see what needs to be done, organizing, uh, making sure the players have what they need, making sure the coaches, you know, have the things that they need so that, you know, they can focus on, on coaching the game. Uh, rather than all the little logistics and things like that. Um, and, and really the, the cool thing about, you know, our staff is it's not a, a overly big staff. So we, we have to pick up um, and, and do multiple jobs. You know, we kind of joke about it, but it's a real thing. You know, uh, you know, Danny helps me. I help Danny. Uh, Stuart helps Ben. He helps me. And we, we all kind of help each other. Uh, and the same with Coach Hack, you know, to, to get to this end goal, which is winning championships. Uh-huh. And, you know, the perspective of me being in the role as a player is that, you know, I, I still am a player. I still, you know, treat my day in preparation for training. Uh, I'm still competing because I want to be on the field. Um, and, and I know what, what players like. I know what players want. I, I can communicate. I have great relationships with all the guys in the locker room. So now the link between the players and the coaching staff is even – more relevant um, because of the position that I'm in, or at least that's how I see it. So, you know, I spend my my day in the locker room. That's where that's where yeah, that's awesome my to day hear. Is. So, yeah. And I think George has an inside track. He knows when there's going to be fitness and sprints at the end of training, and he strategically times when his hamstring feels a little tight right <laughs> before the uh, that activity. I, I'm assuming George. 
Sorry, it's a little windy. Oh, yeah, no worries. I, I was giving you a hard time saying you you probably know the uh, schedule for practice and what what different activities are going to go on and make sure you strategically get a little hamstring tweak right before the fitness work. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not one for pro days, but, yeah. You know, <laughs> see, seeing the, the periodization plan and, you know, that's, that's a perk, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it's – like I said, man, it's it's really cool to see all of the hard work and all the little pieces of the puzzle that go on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Um, and yeah. I'd say I'd, I've learned more in the last, you know, month or two in that in that perspective than I have mm-hmm. my whole career. So yeah, um, yeah, that's that's the the part of it that you know a lot of people don't see, even the fans. You know, it takes a lot to uh, to make this club run, to make the team click, and and to win championships. It's, it's a lot of a lot of people working hard to in to one end goal. Yeah. So speaking of pieces of the puzzle, what's your um, kind of your first impressions or early impressions of some of the new uh, the new members of the squad? Yeah. Um, you know, I think you know we've strengthened our team. Uh, the fact that we've brought so many players back is um, is positive. You know, when we come into preseason, it's not as if we're relearning the system or trying to learn each other. Um, and then the guys that we did bring in are all experienced players in a sense of maybe they played with or against a lot of the guys in the locker room. Or, um, they're good pros, you know, in particular. Uh, so so that's that's really awesome to see. And then to see some of the academy and the younger players get an opportunity and, and for them to be in the locker room with such a mature and experienced group. Um it's it's exciting it's positive but you know it's it's one thing to see it on paper it's one thing to talk about it but obviously this game you know it's about action so um it's a tough task to be a team uh built on success and to maintain that you know sometimes uh maintaining success is harder than than achieving it in the first place so that's a challenge of ours but there's no doubt in my mind that the people we have in in our locker room that will be able to maintain that that level Speaking of the locker room, George, uh, tell you you guys are in the middle of preseason right now. You're calling us calling us from Texas, as far as I know. Uh, kind of tell us about where you guys are in terms of you know your progress from the beginning of February to where you guys hope to be. Uh, what is it? April twenty fourth was the first first league game, if I remember correctly. Yep. Like where are you guys saying how you how you're feeling about uh, the way the you know where you are in the process and where you hope to go. Yeah. Um, so you know. Obviously, because of the circumstances of COVID and things like that, we've had a really long preseason. So in past years, it's been, you know, kind of rushed where you're going two a days for one one month, maybe one and a half months. And then, you know, you're straight into games in the season. Well, we've been able to kind of prepare a little slower and, and do it over time. So I think it's been a little easier on the body um, and allowed us to prepare over time. And now as we're in Texas, we're starting to, play some really good competition. The minutes are starting to go up um, and the ideas that we've been taking throughout preseason are starting to come together, um, you know, to win games. So it's a very competitive group. Um, You know, I would say, you know, all 22 players, 24 players on the roster are looking to play, you know, so that's that's something that's always been the case here uh, at this club. And it's really cool to see as we get closer to the season, the level and the competition is heating up even more. So um interested to see how we, we fare against, you know, Austin and Houston and then moving into April we'll be playing several games to prepare for prepare for the season. This has gotta be the the hardest preseason schedule that we've had in our history. I mean it seems like a gauntlet, George, of of just top caliber teams. Um I can't imagine a better preparation. Plus, I see Cincinnati. Right, and well, <laughs> Cincy too. <laughs> yeah. What? I guess that's in, that's intentional, um, right? To to play the best we can right now before the season starts. Uh, yeah, most definitely intentional. Um, and then I guess that's that's one perk of of being successful as well. You know, I mean, we 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 see these teams you know you look at the schedule and you see mls team mls team uh tough games but you know we're we're a very good test for these mls teams you know there's mm-hmm. i i know that you know some of these mls teams are reaching out to play us because they know how competitive we are and we we can help them prepare so on, on one side it's it's us you know 
seeking the best competition that we can find to play and prepare. And on another hand, it's other teams like, you know, Cincinnati's and, you know, Nashville's and, and you know, Austin, they're, they're reaching to us because they know that, you know, we come with a certain level of competition and a certain level of play and we will help them to prepare just as much as they help us to prepare. So, um, you know, it's funny you said it's our toughest or stiffest, comp, you know, preseason since, you know, we kind of started, but I think that's a testament to, to the level of success we've had over the years that now as we go into the next years, people know, you know, what type of team we are and, you know, we, we play to win. So well, it's great MLS to, teams want yeah. to see that. It's great yeah. to hear that. It's because we talk a lot about it on, even on, on the podcast here about how, we think Louisville can, you know, Louisville City can compete with the best, and of course we've beat MLS teams in Open Cup competition. And um, just to to hear that that is a reputation we've built over the years is really encouraging, and um, hopefully get our players some looks because I'm always talking about how all our players, um, or a good number of them, are 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 candidates to go to the next level, and so um, maybe that's something that could also stem from from the competition so why don't you tell us yeah. about the goal from uh at, at Cincy because I know you got <laughs> in there but we didn't get to see the highlight so yeah um yeah that was a good game you know in that game we played you know two groups times 45 so everybody was able to get a run um the the goal kind of came from a, a decent build-up um a little bit of a breakdown they, they thought they had us in possession it turned over and the new young player, JT Kamara, picked up the ball, and uh, it was kind of a 3v2 situation, and he was able to slip me in. I was on his right side. He slipped me in, and I just struck it first time to the far post uh, with the laces. And, oh, man, you know, we've, seen, we've seen that goal before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say. I'm thinking, about, the, I'm thinking right. about Richmond. You remember when you scored, like, in the 90th it, minute at, uh, yeah. against Richmond at home to tie it, I think. Yeah. Um, very very similar goal i would yeah. just say that instead of taking a touch i hit it first time and instead of going to the top corner it went in the bottom corner so nice. uh yeah or charleston i think it sounds like that goal at charleston too i think um that's more recent of more recent memory um mm-hmm. yeah so do, you have yeah, a it's always good. do i have a favorite goal yeah somebody uh anthony leanart on twitter asked uh sent a couple questions um we can I know you're don't have too much time, but why don't we get to oh, the right. um, to the fans yeah. and their questions? Because Anthony asked you uh, what your favorite professional goal was. Uh, I, I mean, I would say one of my favorite goals was uh, my first goal for Louisville City. Uh, it was against St. Louis. Um, ball kind of turned over uh, in the transition. Uh, I played central. Um, it was like a give and go with, I would want to say, Kadeem and Paolo. Paolo played me in. I hit it first time to the back post in the top corner like that. Uh, with the inside of the foot. <laughs> nice. that, was, that was one of my favorite goals. Uh, man, it's it's funny you say, I think, I don't know. I, I just like scoring goals, you know. know. Well, we, we know, um, you know, you're, you're fifth all time in the league. So, you know, hopefully you can keep adding to that. Um, there's a lot of them to choose from, George. So that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. Uh, yeah, I, I heard you say my birthday goal. I think um, it might have been my, my 50th goal, uh, career goal, and it was on my birthday. And Was that, that – which was one was my, that one? That was – That was against – uh, Indy, maybe or okay. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. It was a home game. Nice. Ilya laid it off to me. I hit it first time. Um, that was a cool goal because my nephew was in the stands. So um, you know, he lives in he lives actually down here in Texas, and he was able to see me play. So that was a really cool, really cool goal. That's awesome. Uh, Anthony, also, we kind of I, I hate to, I don't want to ask the same question twice, but I'm going to do it. And no, hope, hopefully you answered. Uh, in a way that is interesting. I'm sure you will. You're a smart guy. Uh, what was it like playing for L.A. Blues in Richmond, and how does that compare to your time at Louisville? Well, um, L.A. was interesting because it was a new club. Um, I think it was their second year, and that was only my second year in the club uh, or in the league. So, when you know, obviously California is a beautiful place, um, but, you know, there's a lot of growing pains there as a, as a club. So, um it was it was new, you know, but I didn't have much to compare it to because it was a it was new for me as well. Um, 
And then when I got to Richmond, Richmond was one of those teams where it was a lot of experience. And when I got to Richmond, Richmond was one of the better teams in the league. I think they had won it the league the year before. Delicate um, was the big guy there, wasn't he? Delicate was there. Sasha Gores, uh, Michael Callahan, Jason Yisley. Oh, Callahan. Ombi spent some time there. Uh, you know, William Yambi, Henry Kalunji, all these guys that were, you know, veterans. So when I got there, um, that was that was actually a place where I was able to to grow and learn a lot and, you know, what it was like to to be a pro. You know, these guys are good pros. Um, and I took a lot from that experience. And then, you know, I was probably one of my better years in the league uh, in 2014. So, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about Richmond and, uh, you know, it's it's a shame that they, you know they're not in the top league anymore. But it's good to see them still, still doing well and still feeling a good team. So, all right, Anthony's last question was: How has being a man of Omega Phi or excuse me, Omega Psi Phi, affected how you carry yourself in life? Oh, uh, being a man of Omega has taught me a lot of things. Um, you know, I would say one is just being a, a man of good character, a man of high aspirations. Um, you know, I, I've built some some great bonds and, and a lot of good friendships and understood, you know, the meaning of friendship on a different level. Um, and then and then ultimately, you know, about, you know, being an unselfish person, you know, that, that things that you're a part of are much bigger than self um, and being willing to, to sacrifice for others. Um, and then also I can't forget about the service, you know, um, you know, Omega, Omega Sci-Fi is a service-based, um, organization and we're always out, you know, trying to help build the men around us and the families around us and the community. And, um, you know, I'll be a, a member of Omega until I die, and, uh, continue to, to try to bring good light to Omega and myself. So. I think your brothers would be really proud of what you've done, of what you and Hugh Roberts and others have done with the Black Players Alliance. So I want to give you one a, a quick chance to kind of talk about your involvement with that. And I know they're, you guys have just put out a jersey or something along those lines, so let us know where, we, where fans can find that. If, if there yeah. are any left. <laughs> they probably um, sold out, right? Yeah. yeah, they sold out, you know. That's awesome. Uh, really quick. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to, to all all the, you know, the members of the BPA in particular, um, Brandon Miller and a good friend of mine, Hugh Roberts. They really took the, uh, what they say, took the bull by the horns and they've been, you know, doing a great job um, to push the message. And, and, you know, we're trying to to just bring awareness to things that sometimes are overlooked, uh, a lot of times overlooked, you know, to be frank. So, um we have plans. We, you know, we want to continue this. We don't want this to be something that just dies out, um, you know, with the wave, but something that can be sustained to continue to bring opportunity and education and knowledge um, to black players and, and all players, you know, not just black players, but all players around the league. So uh, big kudos to everyone involved and uh, be on the lookout for more jerseys, more service, uh, more fundraisers to help, you know, to help make things better. All right, George, so Purple Pros, uh, shout out to a new Twitter account that I think it's fairly new that's doing some really good yeah, he's, content. He's got a good website that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a, All there's three articles, but still they're very good. A new guy or gal that's doing um, some articles and some media and just content, which we love, uh, for the team. And he's at mm -hmm. Purple Pros Blog uh, on Twitter. Okay. He asks, what are your thoughts on the new league format? Will playing so many teams four times each help or hurt us? And he um, says, uh, seems like we've been placing the weaker of the two Eastern Conference divisions, which I know you probably wouldn't comment on that, but just the league yeah. format. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I've always wanted to play all the teams in the league. You know, it's a bit frustrating to me when, you know, even all the teams on the West Coast and you don't get a chance to play them, so – you know, it's not it's not ideal that we only play, you know, eight teams or seven teams four times, but it is what it is, you know. So, uh, I think it's I think it benefits us greatly, uh, you know, because how deep our team is. Um, you know, we have guys that can play multiple positions. We're capable of playing, you know, and adapting to to many different situations and systems. So, um, you know, I don't think it hurts us at all um 
But, you know, if I had it my way, obviously we would fly all over the country and play every team in the league. So, right. yeah. um, no argument. But, you know, no argument from us, George. No. <laughs> well, so, on, that, well, on that note, as far as schedule, uh, Atlanta 2, first game, two teams, you never quite know what you're going to get. Uh, any thoughts on that as a uh, home opener? Uh, we go into every game expecting to win, you know, and don't underestimate any opponent. I'd say that, you know, last year, Sporting gave us some good games. Um, even when they were, you know, quote unquote, last in our group. So especially being the first game of the season, it's important that we make a good showing uh, regardless of who the opponent is. So, um, you know, we'll be prepared and hopefully we can give Atlanta our best game. From a scouting perspective, are those games harder for you and the coaching staff to prepare for? Yeah, yeah. I think those are tough, especially with the two teams, because you don't know exactly what players are going to be involved, what players are going to be with the first team, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say that's pretty much the case anyway. Um, coming out of preseason, you know, you know, it's, it's hard to get video on preseason games and preparation. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's even more important that we focus on self and mm-hmm. make sure we're giving our best efforts and, and our, our best performance. Well, I think that covers our uh, Twitter questions. Um, you guys have anything else for George before we let him go back to the preseason schedule? You guys got dinner coming up, George? You're probably an hour behind us yes. so there. Yep, yeah, it's yep. early here. It's Great you know, tacos in Austin, five, man. So. Great tacos. You guys do a team <laughs> dinner tonight, I guess, or what, what's the plan yep. for the pregame? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we play tomorrow afternoon, so we'll have a team team meal here tonight. Um, hotel is, is taking care of us. and uh, Nice. You know, get some rest, hydrate, make sure we're ready to go tomorrow for yep. two times, you know, 70 minutes. Well, good luck and keep reaching to that fountain of youth, whatever your secret is. Um, we're <laughs> we're going to be excited to see you out there. I know you're going to get um, hopefully lots of minutes and get to contribute this season. So, um we love watching it. we love watching you play man and appreciate all your contributions to the club thank you thank you very much we appreciate you all you guys give us that fuel and you know we love the content so um you know keep it up and uh let's have a good year let's have a good year likewise george thanks thanks george thanks right, george thanks, guys. bye yeah. bye love that guy yeah he's awesome love that guy i mean you can just tell how committed he is how you know how intelligent of a player he's become and to, and to be the glue between the coaching staff and the players sort of you know in the locker room I think is is really going to be invaluable to creating team chemistry which we know is so important to these to these teams because it's, it doesn't it's not just skill and talent you know it's it's got to be everything it's got to be everybody working together and being on the same page and getting along well and I think that his new role, it sounds like, is going to be perfect for that. I, I just have, you know, we all, he's a USL legend. He's a Louisville City legend. He's, you know, we always have, have nothing but good things to say, to say about George as a player. Um, but I've got extremely high hopes for him in the next phase of his career, whatever that may be. And I, I hope, uh, or I personally have high hopes for him and, and his success as he, you know, transitions on. And hopefully, hopefully for Louisville City and brings us to even, you know, greater heights. But, George is a great guy. I couldn't ask for for a uh, better ambassador for our club and for somebody and hope, like I said, hope for his future success in in the in the front. Well, as Brad yeah, now calls it, the he'll, back office. He'll, hopefully, he'll be in the back office or the technical <laughs> staff for for a long time to come. You was, uh, I guess, it's appropriate now to go to, to cut to our uh, public house announcement with Matt. Yeah, Owens. let's do the commercial. Matt Owens. I Adam Watson. I wasn't trying to call it a commercial. That's what it is. It's fine. It's not a commercial, is it? I mean, it is, but it's fine. It's a good one. <laughs> we like those. All right. See you in a minute. Hello, Matt here. I'm on location at a uh, undisclosed but soon-to-be-disclosed location with a very good longtime friend of the show, Mr. ATG Wizard Esquire himself, Adam Watson. How are you doing, Adam? Greetings. Hail and well met, Matt. I, I'm doing, I'm doing uh, it, in adjusted terms, I'm doing well. That's all we can hope for at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So, this mystery location will now be disclosed. We're here at Public House, your location on Bartstown Road. Yes, indeed. Yeah, didn't didn't remain a mystery for long, but that's okay. No, we don't I, want I it to be a mystery. We want it to be extremely well-known and extremely attended. Uh, well, I mean, you know, up to 60% now or something like that. As good as the beer is, as good as the folks here are, I don't don't see that being a problem and of course it is the resting place of the king's cup it is indeed yeah uh, if you if you take a take a a stroll around you will see 
there's there's not a singular shrine to uh, uh, Lucidity-related trophies and such as there was down at the smokehouse, but you'll find them kind of sprinkled throughout the premises. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a, a little bit of a scavenger hunt kind of thing. Yeah, and I gotta say that's kind of a place of pride there up above the. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mantle, th- whatever that is. Yeah, really high the, shelf. The, really yeah, high shelf. the the architectural oddity that occurs above the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. So I said we're on Bardstown Road, I think. But uh, you want to tell everybody exactly where we are? Yeah, so it's uh, we're at Public House, which is at 1576 Bardstown Road, pretty close to the intersection of Bonnie Castle, um, right in the, the heart of the old Highlands. Uh, it's the place that used to be Cumberland Brews, for those of you who uh, drank old-school Louisville craft beer. This um, is what's known as an upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've got a lot of respect for the folks at Cumberland, and, and they did cool things, and actually when they – when they told us that uh, that they were planning on shutting down their operations, uh, you know, a lot of us had kind of our first Louisville craft beers here at Cumberland, mm-hmm. and uh, and we didn't want to see that torch extinguished, so we uh, we started uh, argle bargling with them and uh, and found a deal and decided to to come in and keep the home fires burning here. And you've got quite a delightful location with uh, the occasional mystery. Yeah, yeah, we've done a, we've done a couple little couple little alterations. The mm-hmm. like basic soul of the place is is still the same, yeah. but uh, we've moved around some furniture and kind of upgraded some things and tried to make the place a little more comfortable. Installed and, the uh, third floor allegedly. Yeah, there there is a there there's a mystery floor that we only discovered post purchase, uh, which was fascinating. Uh, it was it's a neat little bonus. If you, you ever buy a, a house, moon? is that how that works? If you ever buy a house, I hope you just discover a, an extra floor after purchasing. Uh, as long as that floor isn't full of, like, severed heads or something. I mean, it depends. If it's going to be the place where your metal band hangs out, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, as long as the blood runs up the walls, you're fine. True. You just don't want it pooling at the bottom. It'll cause damage. Well, I mean, you could take those heads and you could turn them into two wonderful things. You could make them into a bunch of skulls. And what would you do with the rest, Adam, do you think? Uh, I mean, do they still have faces or not? Uh, you would remove them, but you got to do something with that pile of faces. Yeah, if I'm going to gather the faces, you know, I've, I've got a, a, a place for that. That's a, that's a used commodity here. Um, <laughs> pile of faces of beer, for those of you who think I'm a <laughs> lunatic. You are correct, but that's not why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've been going, what, about a year here? Yeah, so we opened here uh, just a couple of days before Thanksgiving in 2020. No, 2019. What the fuck year is it? Oh, I my God. Uh, we, yeah, a little over a year. We've been a little over a year here. Okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do the Time math. has no meaning anymore. No, it's a flat circle, I'm told. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we've been here a little over a year, uh, starting to get settled in. Uh, you know, we had really hoped, you know, we kind of obviously opening right before Thanksgiving, you open into the cold season, which is not ideal for most restaurants and things around Louisville. Uh, so we kind of opened into the slow season and thought, okay, when it's spring, we'll really be able to put our foot down and see what this place can do. And then? And then, uh, you know, the world became a viral hellscape, and uh, and now we're just getting by. Well, how have you been doing that? I mean, running a hospitality-oriented bit, I guess, is that, that the category? Yeah, Brewery yeah. It's, it's, food, entertainment, whatever. It's been a People challenge, no doubt. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we've done better than some and not as well as others, uh, and I'm okay with that. And we're doing fine here at uh, at the public house, as I'm sure many of you noticed. Our beloved uh, smokehouse down at Slugger Field, when it first hit in March, we closed down uh, as as every other bar and restaurant did. Right. Uh, and then when we were allowed to reopen uh, with guidelines, we did. Uh, but it turned out that, given a blend of the uh, a, a blend of the uh, the pandemic situation and the social unrest centered downtown, uh, those two things together meant whether people should be afraid or not, they were, uh, and and nobody nobody came downtown. And places like Humana and a lot of the other businesses downtown, having most of their employees work from home, also meant those mm-hmm. people weren't downtown. So uh, it was it was hard to stay open, and we ultimately decided to pull the plug after about six weeks down there. Uh, it is not dead; it is just napping, much like punk. Okay, good. Uh, it's so we're we're currently working with the bats, trying to get them to uh, to to renew our lease so that we can keep working there for for years to come. Uh, we'll we'll see how that turns out, but uh, whether or not things go well there, uh, we do we do have a new location. That we're planning on signing a lease on uh, in the coming days. Oh, really? Uh, so possibly by the time you've heard this, we will have already signed a lease. But we're not. Uh, 
That's, that's just a little teaser. A I'll hint? just drop a little teaser. <laughs> it's a building with really? floors and ceilings. Okay, so no tent. This is like a really yeah. It's not a, yeah. We're not we're not just opening up like a, a mud pit in a in somebody's backyard. Okay, it is it is a structure in which you will be able to purchase food and beer for eating and drinking. All right. If I get a vote, you would take over the old uh, Butchertown <laughs> Pizza, but I don't know if that place is. <laughs> How did that happen? That place was great. I, I have no idea. Uh, the world is a strange place, and I very rarely understand why it does what it does. Yeah. So there's hope, but it's in cold storage for us to once again be able to pregame at the smokehouse. Yeah, that, that particular location's a bit strange right now. Um, hopefully, hopefully it comes back, but no guarantees yet. Uh, we do have another place that we're working on, and you know, we've always got our eyes open. We're always looking at cool things. We do own a building uh, very, very close to Lynn Family. The fam, and uh, and it's we've got a little bit of a blank lot right now, so it's nothing yet. But uh, at at some point in the not too horribly distant future, we may consider turning that blank lot into another structure that contains uh, walls and ceilings and food and beer. I'm entirely in favor of this. I'm sure quite a few of our football community are as well. So let's talk a bit about what we're actually here to talk about. Yay! camaraderie and catching up on ATG. Topical things. Which is important. I have this delightful bourbon right here. What you drinking there? Mm. Brown party what water? What is this? Mm, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, uh, no, this, what is that, Old Forester? Yes. And to go along with it, a beer. Not just a beer. any beer, but a beer. A beer. Like capitalized and everything. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is you know, I, I'm sure some of you who are more, uh, let's say, uh, wizened in the ways of drinking about the Midwest, have heard of something called the Chicago Handshake. Uh, the Chicago Handshake is, of course, a can of hams and a malort. Uh, so you you just Ugh. make sure that your life is miserable all around. <laughs> we like to do fun party things, but also have a good time doing them. So I'm a we have fan man. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> we've we've done a little pivot from the Chicago Handshake uh, and done what we call the Kentucky High Five. Uh, so the Kentucky High Five is, of course, a can of A-beer and a shot of whiskey. Uh, right now, we're doing Old Forester, although you can definitely call it if uh, if you'd like to pivot in a different direction for your bourbon needs. Uh, normally $6, but for those of you who have decided to sign your life away as a cooper, you are, uh, upon presentation of your extraordinarily hefty motherfucker coin, um, <laughs> Entitled to a dollar off that particular deal. So you get a $5 Kentucky High Five. What a deal. We do encourage you to use that dollar to tip your waitress or waiter. Yeah, and or if, if, you slather your, at you. if you slather your hand in sanitizer, you can also high five the bartender. But it's got to be like sticky and damp and then it's with sanitizer. everywhere. Yeah, that's okay. So, you know, wear eye protection because, you know, you can't be too careful in these times. Yeah, we, we definitely intended uh, it to always come with a high five. But, you know, we're living in a time where... You got to do the the demolition man uh, oscillation a couple inches from someone's hand sort of Ooh, scenario. Deep cut reference there. Yeah, yeah. There you I go. Like it. It's three seashells and shit. Thankfully, not all references. Not all restaurants are Taco Bell though. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Maybe like half of them would be better, but the other half, eh, I'd rather keep. Not all. No. So, yeah, that's uh, something we've been focusing on, and I want to thank you and thank ATG for helping us out with this because what we wanted to do with this coin. Um, it's, it's not a year where we feel good asking for sponsorships just cause money is so tight with a lot of businesses. So we wanted to come up with something that we could kind of like encourage our members to support the businesses that have supported us through, through the years and also to give them a little bit of a benefit as well for coming in. And it's like a secret club, so it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we certainly appreciate that. And I mean, you're right. These are, these are extraordinary circumstances and strange times, uh, and, and, you know, we, we definitely, uh, we don't want to lose the relationships that we've built over the last five and 10 years because of one year of, uh, you know, let's call it chaos, societal oddness. Yeah. Entropy. Yeah. Entropy. There we go. We'll go with entropy. Yep. Um, so while, while we're not exactly like slinging checks all around town, we are tra- definitely trying to find ways to, uh, to maintain a lot of the relationships, you know, and we, we absolutely have, have viewed ourselves as, uh, deeply enmeshed in the growth of Louisville City, both as a supporters culture and as a soccer team. Um, 
And, Absolutely. And I mean, we, you, we yeah. don't want to see that go anywhere. So, uh, you know, we're still doing viewing parties whenever those start being a thing again. Um, so all the matches will be on here and, and, uh, we'll be as, as enmeshed at the stadium as our bank account will allow. Um, excellent. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, it, we will always dwell in one another's hearts as well. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we've had great memories there. First game, pre-gaming, seeing just this stream of people come in from St. Louis, <laughs> getting drunk with them, finding out what this league was actually about and the crazy fans. Yes, indeed. Only to later discover most of the other teams sucked in comparison. But even they've come, yeah, they've come along with their fan bases too. <laughs> uh, we've had, of course, the whole great charity things through ball control. Yes, indeed, uh, yeah. Let's see, we had... The Heretics' shameless self-promotion leading to their own beer. What was yeah, the yeah, they, where they basically like willed a beer into existence. Uh, I've by been just trying to do that <laughs> for so long, it never works. It turns out on the internet, if you say something is true enough times with enough conviction, it, sometimes it just becomes true. That's how politics work. <laughs> uh, no, comment. we will not follow that conversation <laughs> any further. You're welcome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, we've, we've, we've always, uh, we've always viewed ourselves as integral, um, at, at the very least, just because I, I have, I've had a deep chunk of my heart buried in both of these wonderful things. Uh, and it's, it's nice to be able to fair bring bit it of your liver too. Do what? Yeah. Fair bit of your liver. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I guess more, probably more liver than heart <laughs> if we're being honest about it. Yes, but, uh, this place will always be in in the livers and hearts of uh, most of our supporters. <laughs> we keep keep your soccer in your heart and your beer in your liver. There you go. And and uh, and something will something something something. Yeah, everybody, please be sure to come check out uh, come check out Public House on Bardstown Road. Come check out the new location when we ever, when we find out about it. If I remember, which I probably won't, I'll retweet it once the news comes out. And. Um, I guess that's about it. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and if any of you all miss hanging out and having a beer with me, once a week on uh, on Instagram, I do uh, a show called Pandemic Pints with Adam. Ooh. And if you want to show up, I just kind of hang out and have a beer at 4 o'clock on our Instagram feed. Uh, so shoot the shit and drink beer with me, 4 o'clock on Tuesdays. Well, there you go. Come on down. Have a beer. Have a bourbon. Have a dollar off. Yeah, do that What more can you ask? All right, let's go ahead and throw it back to the regular podcast crew. Take it away, guys. Thanks. Bye. All right, we're back. Uh, we're going to try and get through the rest of this episode as quick as we can. We're sorry for those of us, who, those of you who really like to hear us, me, talk. Uh, <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Who is literally that? no one. Uh, yeah, I love listening to myself. That's true. I'm just um, glad I got to host tonight. Taylor was was a man of few words today. He said you host, and I, I. Didn't believe it, but I'm, I'm about to get meta on you because I normally get mad at myself for how much I talk. Lintner gives me shit all the time about how I'm over. I'm take over the show. Uh, so let's let's hit let's run hit down a few other points. things. Yep. Uh, first, uh, we know the Challenge Cup schedule. We got two home games: April 10th and April 26th. April 10th against Orlando Pride. April 26th against I can't remember. Get your tickets on sale now. Yep. Uh, those are the only two Challenge Cup games we'll have here, and then I think there'll be a knockout portion of that competition too. We don't know where that's going to be played. Maybe, maybe not. The away games are Washington Spirit and Sky Blue. I know that for sure. Those are on the 16th and May 2nd. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed to Paramount Plus, I bitch about all the the freaking streaming services you have to apply to. But guess what? If you want to watch Champions League, you have to subscribe to Paramount Plus. If you want to watch Europa League, uh, like our, like us sad Spurs fans, you have to subscribe to Paramount Plus. If you want to watch uh, CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers, you have to subscribe to Paramount Plus. So, Go ahead and do it. It's fine. It's another $6. They also got Serie A. It's COVID. You're not doing anything. They got Serie A, too, now. Huh? They got Serie A as well. I thought that was ESPN. No. uh, Paramount Plus is taking it over, I think. Oh, cool. All right. From ESPN Plus. I watched a little bit of that. So it is going to be. So, yeah. yeah, A lot of of go-tos that's becoming, especially now that NBC is kind of dropping, anyway, long Premier League and stuff like that. That's a whole other conversation. I don't have that one. Uh, But anyway. Home opener. Home opener for Louisville City is yeah. April 24th at Lynn Family Stadium against Atlanta United 2. Uh, Andrew Carlton is definitely not part of that team anymore. George Bellow, definitely not part of that team anymore. I don't know who else. I don't, couldn't tell you a single player on that team. But we do know that Atlanta has a really good good academy system, uh, and they're probably going to have to start pulling from it pretty soon because they've lost a lot of money on players lately. Uh, so, well, you know they're going to bring their uh, squad yeah, gonna, to Louisville. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, uh, do, would, I, would I rather play Indy? Yeah. 
but well, I don't know. You got to think the guys are licking their chops after that after that Pittsburgh home opener last year. The, the oh, I'm not calling that the home opener for. Let's see if we want to call this one the home opener. I, think I, hear, I don't people. even think we're gonna call this one because there's, no. there's gonna be limited capacity. What's gonna be the home opener, Barkson? The when first we can time we have, fill the stadium. Yeah, the first, first time full we full capacity. Full. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Count. I agree. But you got to think the guys are licking their chops for this one, right? Right. I mean, they're looking their chops to play a league game. I don't think they're looking their chops for Atlanta United two specifically. Right. No, but this long preseason, as George said, it's it's they're ready to get out there and and win some points. Um. So uh, if you haven't got your season tickets already, you should do that. Um. Let's see what else. Signed a new goalkeeper. Oh yeah, Uh, Uh, Parker Siegfried. Ohio State product. Yeah. Columbus Crew Academy. Uh, for whatever reason, they get signed on in MLS. Dude, the United States and MLS specifically are awash with pretty good goalkeeping talent. Uh, so while it's disappointing for him to not have made it uh, in MLS, we are more than happy to have him. Uh, should be a good competition between him, uh, Diesel Hubbard, and uh, Simone Lefebvre. Uh, so excited about that. You got the pronunciation right. That I was did. awesome. I, I speak a little French, but anyway, not enough to not enough to me for me to continue talking about it. Uh, the last item that we are going to brush on before we hit Asperol Proof, which we have a little bit of that left over, uh, is this. Uh, Bob Williams, who's a guy out of Raleigh, I think, covers a lot of North Carolina soccer things and generally knows a lot about NWSL and other American soccer happenings, uh, published an article on sportbusiness.com yesterday uh, that basically says that Louisville City is going to evaluate whether to submit or apply uh, for the, an expansion slot with MLS. Uh, there's no timetable on any of that, although he did say the period, the evaluation period should uh, last between 6 and 12 months. Um, there's an article in the Courier-Journal today from Hayes Gardner. Uh, that he spoke to Brad Estes, who gave him some pretty good quotes, and said, look, we're, we're happy where we are. Things are going well. Uh, we, you know, we're, this isn't a thing that we have to do to be successful, uh, but if it makes sense for us to try and pursue this, then that may be what we do. Uh, long story short, the only way this happens is if we get a billionaire that, that, that either buys out a lot of people in soccer holdings or significantly waters down the value of the membership shares in that, in that company uh, or something else. I'm not really Numbers sure. are hard. I don't know. I don't know yeah, well, I know how much yeah. your shares worth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, you know, that's, that's, that's the long and the short of it. Like what, you know, the, what that process looks like, that process looks like finding a really rich guy to buy into the company. So if that happens, then that might be something we do. If it doesn't, fine. So, but you know, for some reason, our call for billionaires out to the Footlers has not been uh, not has not produced yeah. a whole lot of fruit lately. Yeah, but I mean, th- this one feels not necessarily different, but it feels more credible almost. And it, and the club is the, the the answer seems a little bit more. Well, I mean, if it's if you want to consider going to MLS part of the growth process, then if, then that's what they should do because if you're not growing, you're dying. That's the way a lot of mm-hmm. you know capitalism works, I guess. Uh, and I, but there's some truth to that. You know, you have to keep trying to do the next thing. I mean, what else is there for Louisville City to do in USL other than just treat, keep winning, try and win another championship, you know, win four, five, six, however many it is, or do you try and do the next thing? Um, there, are, there are definitely inherent problems with what that next thing is. I, you know, I get it. I, I've been on that bus. You know, I understand where all the seats are on it. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, the, at the at the end of the day, the financial stability, if you're looking for that, exists exists in that league and almost that league only. I think Louisville City has a lot of things that prevent it from going the way of so many other USL clubs that have failed. In that we have an academy that works and produces and is already producing good players, and hopefully that means player sales in the future where we actually make money on all of them. Uh, we have a stadium that we're going to hopefully, once COVID is finally a wash, uh, that we can finally actually start making some real return on. Mm-hmm. And they've obviously got other property investments that have nothing to do with soccer, but. You know, that's and what all these people bought into. Other investments too, the adult leagues, which I think we're all for yeah, the most part yeah, going to be a part of. That. So we've got a lot of different revenue streams as a club, which is great, and it helps the viability of the club long term. Well, and NWSL, I mean that, that's a, a great thing. The, the conversations is always going to be there. That's kind of my takeaway. Is it's it, and it's the same one all the time. Yeah, it's nothing new. If, if the opportunity presents itself, we're going to evaluate it, and we're happy where we are. So we're going to be the best USL club we can be. And if if something were to come along, that opened the door to. Uh, I mean, obviously, a first team, a first division club is the goal of any club across the country. And we can't, you know, we're not going to be able to change the system overnight. The system mm-hmm. is what it is here. We won't see, we probably won't see a change in our lifetime. I mean, we talk about pro rail and, yeah. and other options and, and 
If it, made, if, it made, if it if it was but, if it was guaranteed to make the investors in MLS money, they'd do it. Well, so I mean, they they just don't think that it does, and so, that's where we are. So I guess John and Brad need to spend a lot more time around the paddock at Churchill Downs around Derby time, and yeah, yeah. some of those not folks. The that that's not where the folks are f- flying in from the, the Middle East. Uh, is, there, is there a billionaires row at Churchill Downs? Is that uh, like the sixth six so. floor clubhouse? Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say they should be betting on horses to try to get. Well, that, that way <laughs> that's too. That's a terrible idea, unless you happen to know a guy. You all um, have all seen those private planes, what flying into Lexington uh, yeah. uh, from all uh, over yeah. the place. So Clark County Airport. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that that's that, and I, you know, I'll leave it at that. Um, there's some more ice barrel proof we could get to. Oh yeah, let's see that. Um, Let me see if I can. Yeah, because there's really not any news on that front. It's the same message we've always had. I don't know why Bob Williams wants to. Well, bring because it up it, again. like I said, I mean, it's because it, that the news is that we're. You know, as part of the strategic planning process, that's part of the conversation where we—that's never necessarily been broadcast in print or other or elsewhere before officially by the. That's club. why I feel it's a little different this time. So yeah, yep. I mean, I, I don't think it has no legs. I think it has a slightly longer legs than it did before. Well, and this conversation way. stems from I think the completion of the full circle uh, uh, club club that we have. Mm-hmm. Among, yeah. you know, with all the elements that an MLS club would have or a first division club anywhere in the world would have, right? So, yeah. well, and let's not forget the catalyst for all this was Ron Burkle pulling out of Sacramento Republic's mm-hmm. ownership group and that basically deflating their bid. So, there's an open spot. So, it's not like it's not, you know, there isn't a possibility. It's just, is it going to be Louisville and how serious are we about it? Can we, can we swing it? And if we can, do we want to type situation? I, you know, so yeah. not my decision to make. All right, here we go. Got some mass um, barrel proof. Asperell proof. Louisville Ledgehawks asked us like a week ago because that's what, when I thought we were recording. Uh, how much Twitter shade is appropriate for the 3-0 beatdown of FC Cincinnati? There's no such thing as too much. In my <laughs> right. so, anybody else got an opinion on that? No. Okay, no. Good. Good. That's what I like. Uh, does Antoine Hovano now have the best flow on the team? By flow, he means hair. The best lettuce. He did. It's very long. It looked like the last picture I saw, he he trimmed it up. Oh, that's unfortunate. He had an awesome Kentucky waterfall going. At the time, Gibson's Gib- Gib- still got it going? Yes. Gibson's got a little flow, I think. Yeah, it's, but it's I, fe- I felt like Twan's got Twan's got Twan's trimmed up, long. trimmed up for the season. He He's looking go, sharp. He could go uh, man bun like uh, our boy uh, Zlatan if he, if he kept it up. Uh, last one or second to last one, excuse me. Uh, who has the higher attendance uh, per game this season, City or rate or racing? That's a hard question to answer. I don't know. I know Early City, on, it will be City the frankly same. has more. Well, City has way more season, season ticket members, so I yeah. think you got to think that that would trump. Yeah, you know, but, you know, again, we'll, this is going to be a, fluc- a fluctuating situation as more people get vaccinated. So, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the $64,000 question is how many fans do we have in the beginning? What I'm seeing on all the materials is it's going to be similar to the end yeah. of last year in the beginning. So I would say they'll both have the same in the beginning. I think for uh, NWSL, racing is going to do really well. I think, you know, I don't know if they're going to match Louisville City just yet, but I think if, as time goes on, I think they will. So I feel I feel pretty confident about that. Uh, last Louisville Ledgehogs question from, like I said, a week ago. What's your guess on seating capacity percentage to start the season? I think they're starting off with the 48, 50, or whatever it was they, they had last season. That's it was the third last season, right? Yeah, it's 48, 50. Which I'm yeah. su- a little bit surprised by because I think the governor had said 60% for outdoor events, but maybe the logistics of changing uh, it yeah, was too difficult. I don't know. They'll, they'll figure it out. It'll they, Trust me, they want as many people in that building as they can get, safely get. Let me add that caveat. All right, uh, next question is from our good friend Jordan Dengis. Uh, with the arms race of celebrity owners joining M- NWSL clubs, does Racing Louisville need to j- need feel the need to join in? Will it be necessary to keep up with other ownership groups getting an influx of money to spend? I mean, I, I guarantee if, if you're if Jennifer Lawrence called John Neese tomorrow and said, I'd like to be an owner of Racing Louisville, I think he'd probably say, you know, come on in. So any other thoughts on that? Diane Sawyer, I, you know flow from the Geico commercials. Har- Jack Harlow. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. It sounds like from uh, from Hackworth's uh, recent interview on Scouse's house, it sounds like all the, the locker room is jamming out to some Harlow well, yeah. these days. Yeah. We heard he's, his family are ticket holders, right? Yeah, we, and he's, he's been uh, spotted in the, in the jersey, in the kit, so that's cool. Speaking, speaking of, of jer- which. <laughs> speaking of jersey and kit, uh, Brandon uh, at Condra B on Twitter asks, we all want kits. Give me your favorite design ideas for racing in Louisville City. This is a podcast. It is not a visual medium, so I really can't show you what I'm talking about. I just want to be cool. Anything yeah, I'll purple. take at this Let's point. Let's go with purple and uh, stick with I think that. we got to go with a mint option third kit oh, or a wave kit. That's probably happening. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we – 
That yeah. color combo with the lavender is so it's sweet. Gotta have, it it's, might be a goalkeeper jersey, but still, it's. it's I, I literally have $150 burning a hole in my pocket waiting for the jersey <laughs> to come out. So come on, guys. Oh, I feel so sorry for not talking about this before. Uh, uh, Derek Davis has uh, is part owner and manager and other things of Metro Louisville FC, which is an indoor team that runs here in PASL team. They're go- they're playing for the NAS or excuse me PASL national title this coming weekend, which is awesome. I don't know if y'all saw it. Uh, they in the semifinal or quarterfinal a couple weeks ago, the guy scored a goal off a rainbow, which is just the sickest way to burn somebody in an indoor game I've ever seen. <laughs> it was in any game, sweet. but it was awesome. So uh, needs to congrats hang to them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that was against Cincinnati, too, which is awesome. Their first NPS, because they're in NPSL, too, so they'll be playing outdoor, uh, starts May 1st against Appalachian FC. Are we excited or what? I am excited. I don't. I, I would like to catch a game or two of theirs this year. I know Derek's put a lot of work into that, and there's some really talented players on that team. We can so. never have too much soccer in town at whatever level it is, so it's great. Uh, Matt Owens uh, texted Patrick to, to make sure we talk about this. We play Chattanooga FC in a preseason game on April 3rd. It should be an afternoon game. Visiting fans are allowed. So if you can make it to Chattanooga, which this is probably the best reason. Oh, I'll be on my way home from spring break that day. Yeah. We can just stop in Chattanooga on the way. Social distancing there. No tailgating, but there are pubs nearby. Patio seating. Uh, We'll send out details and ticket links on at Lou Cooper's and other things, I'm sure. Uh, There will be no streaming. But if you want to go to a live Little City soccer game and you're on your way back from Florida on April 3rd, that is the place to be. And feel free to stream it. Uh, if you want to make sure you don't miss it, email Matt at matt at louisvillecoopers.com. Uh, we have a – And that will be a homecoming for Nile. It will be. It will um, be. Which will be great. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I forgot about this. Uh, Benton at – who's Vamos Morados, if you don't follow him or read his website, you should, uh, is helping run Angel Share for the Coopers this year. Awesome outfit. Glad that's back off the ground. Glad that Benton and others are running it. Uh, there is an auction for a signed uh, racing Louisville ball signed by all the players. It's the first one that we probably exists that we know of. Uh, and all the proceeds uh, for the auction for that ball, uh, or it's a raffle, I think. So you pay $5, you get a raffle ticket. Go to the Junior League of Louisville. They do fabulous charity work. Uh, you can check it out at checkout.square.site. Oh, God, this is awful. Just check out Benton's. <laughs> Twitter handle, because uh, I'm definitely not going to read all that. Uh, but it exists, uh, and I will definitely retweet it before this thing. I'm going to do it right now on behalf of the Coopers. Um, let's see. Other questions may or may not exist. Oh, yeah, make the push for LMLS. We talked about that. Talk about the league format. That's all George. Evan giving us props. Yeah, I think we're good. I didn't even look at what our what the actual hashtag said, but most people don't use it anyway, so there we go. Unless you want to give be more specific on your design ideas, I think we've covered it. Yes. Uh, I mean, you I like chev- sashes. I'm a big like, fan of a sash. I like a sash, too, or a chevron or a something old school. Chevrons are cool. Yeah. Honeycomb. That honeycomb's in. That has but nothing to do with us. Pass. Everybody's doing that, Patrick. We don't want to. Yeah, Patrick. We need um, Matt and Glenn back on to talk uh, purple, purple fashion because they, they, they know. Yeah, the only people that uses the hashtag is me, I think. So, yeah, none, none of those. We're good. Wow, you were lenient today, Taylor. I can't believe you asked the non-ask, the non-hashtag question. I'm over it. I'm over it. I can't, I can't make y'all do what you Did should. you hear that? Patrick Blanton, alert, alert. Lead you can ask as many questions as you want. You don't have to use the hashtag. You can. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not blocked on the Barrel Proof account. So, yeah, I, pretty, I know what he said. All right. Yeah. All right, Vamos guys. Morados. That'll do it. Adios. Thanks for listening to us. Love you. Bye.